is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, hey, um... Hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Today, I'm talking about the sales improvement pendulum, and um, it's kind of an interesting observation that I've put together over the past couple of weeks. I've been working this out, and I like where it's going, so I want to share it with you here today. And, you know, I, I think we use this metaphor for extremes, right? And there is a reason that something is taken to an extreme. It's because there is some grain of truth. I think sometimes these grains of truth or these threads are a little more substantial than others, but... You don't get enough momentum to take it all the way to an extreme unless there is some truth there. So we, we see these pendulums all the time in terms of ideologies. We see it in politics. We see it everywhere, right, inside industries. Um, but today I want to talk about the sales improvement industry um, as a whole, okay? And when I go back 100 some odd years, when I go back to the beginning of the 20th century, when selling was first really kind of a profession, we wasn't everything wasn't small community, uh, you know, bartering and exchanging of goods and services. There were people making a living selling things. And this kind of coincided with the industrial revolution because we were able to make things at scale. So now we needed to sell things at scale. So you go back to the Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, 1938. Uh, Napoleon Hill, uh, Think and Grow Rich, which I believe was 37, might have been 39. You have to check me on that. Um, but there was this idea of integrity. There was this idea of service. This was idea um, of, of humanity, like we're helping each other and we need to do so to the highest level of integrity possible. You know, there was no manipulation in this. It was just understanding that mentally, if you brought your best self, if you put yourself in the best position to help others, if you put yourself in the best position to succeed, you were going to do that. And it was about integrity right? Uh, Todd Capone, who you're going to hear from later this season, um, who is the sales historian, you can follow him there on those handles on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, he's a good friend. And, and one of his favorite quotes of all time, as it relates to selling is if the truth won't sell it, don't sell it. And that was Arthur Dunn in 1919. So we're going back over a century ago. That was the state of selling. That was the state of how to get better at selling. Then as time went on, as industry became more prevalent, as it became much more about corporate earnings, corporate uh, 
consistency. Now, all of a sudden, you had these people scientifically approaching the sales process. What are the things that need to happen? What are the things we need to make sure that we do? How do we make sure that the corporate earnings report looks good every time we're going to systematize this? You had companies in the late 80s that had legendary sales training, which was a really good thing. But that was as much for equipping their people as it was defending the consistency of the GEs, of the IBMs, right? The shareholder value was put at a premium. And I have zero issues with companies making money. I have zero issues with people making money. That's not what this is about. But this pendulum swung from being all about service of others to all about service of company. That worked. It was important to identify the sales process. It was important to identify those things that are inalienable that need to happen. And so you have the spin selling, you have the Miller-Hyman strategic selling model, you have David Sandler, you know, you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. You have all of these books and works and intellectual property that's created to make sure that everybody knows exactly what they need to do. And when you dig deep enough and when you uncover all of the things that could possibly go wrong, all of the things that you could possibly miss, all the things that you need to get right, it starts to look like a bunch of binary switches. Did I or didn't I? Yes or no. And it starts to feel robotic. And that's what I mean by it being the opposite of humanity. It became almost robotic, right? For a while there, it's only been 10 years now, but for a while there, there was a lot of talk about how all of the sales jobs were going to be replaced by robots because here's where we're going and these binary functions can be carried out much better, more efficiently, more inexpensively by machines than they can by people. And unsurprisingly, people pushed back. So we came from humanity on one side to over- uh, uh, oversimplification and systems and processes on the other side and recall the truths from both of those things. Selling is about people, but there are things that need to be accomplished and it's good that we've got those identified and systematized. So how do we combine those two? When the pendulum swings back in the middle, there's more integration between those extremes. And I think that's where we're headed right now because Again, people pushed back. We don't want to do business with robots. You know, when the concept is introduced, people push back on that because you lose that connection. And very similar to how we were all kind of separated during the height of the pandemic and people are coming back together and getting in groups like, I forgot how much I missed that. I forgot how much I need that. So here we are in a place where people are writing and talking and leading in a way that is much more in tune with humanity, but is also providing, giving a nod to those systems, those processes that we know work. All of those processes, all those great books that you know are on my shelf, they're on your shelf, they're rooted in truth. But how do we bring ourselves to that equation? You know, those systems work because they're rooted in truth. They fail when there's too much dogma to them, when there is too much faith put in that system and that system alone. That's why we argue about whether or not cold calling works, right? Like, come on, you're saying it doesn't work because in your experience, it doesn't work. You're right. Someone else is saying that it does work because in their experience, it works. They're right too. There can be more than one right answer. 
And when there's more than one right answer, the argument is pointless. And it also tells me that you need to look a level above. Why does it work? Why doesn't it work? We're missing the bigger picture, right? So what does it mean to sell like you? Well, in short, it means more pipeline. It means bigger deals that close faster and more often. It means more customer loyalty, so there's less churn. And it means a culture on your team where winning is expected and everyone's having fun. Now, if this sounds like something your team needs, go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash services and find out how I use this approach to help teams like yours create world-class results. Now, back to the show. So let's take a step back. Let's talk about the bigger picture. Let's talk about what it means to bring humanity back to the sales process. Let's talk about the process itself, the science of selling. The the, the four parts to the sales process that are inalienable, these represent the science of selling. That's one, identify who you can help. Two, get their attention. Sounds a lot like prospecting. Three, communicate your value. That is the sales conversation. It's going to be different for everybody but it's got to happen. And then four is asking for next steps. That is the science of selling. Those things have to happen. And there are subcategories below that that differ by company, by industry, etc. But when you talk about how you do that, the level of humanity you want to bring back, the level of personality you want to bring back, the level of creativity, the methods of selling, well, that's the art. So underneath the umbrella of the science, you have the methods or the art. And that's why selling is a combination of art and science. Because there's what needs to be done and there's the way that you do it. And you can bring your own unique spin to that on every sales call, not just to every job, not just every day. And that's where the whole concept of sell like you comes from. This idea that you bring it and that you have to bring it And if you don't bring you to your sales career, to your sales calls, you're leaving your best work on the cutting room floor. You never sell better than when you sell like you. And I'm not the only one talking about this, right? You've got people like Dan Pink rehumanizing the sales process, writing books like To Sell as Human. You've got people like Andy Paul, sell without selling out, right? You don't need to be a meme of a salesperson in order to be effective. You have people like my friend Larry Levine, Sell from the Heart. Selling from the Heart was the best-selling book of his, and he's talking about bringing authenticity and love back to your client relationships. Todd Capone, again, I already mentioned him, the transparency sales. Sell with your cards up. This doesn't need to be about corporate interests versus human interests. This doesn't need to be adversarial. This is, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I think it makes sense for us to work together because this is what you win. This is what I win. Can we move forward together? There's so much less friction when you can have a real conversation. David Primer, who you're going to hear from in a few weeks here, sell the way you buy, right? We're talking about a different approach. And these books are all bestsellers because people are craving it. People want that integration between themselves and the process, between the art and the science. And that's what Sell Like You is all about. So I'm really excited to continue this thread, to continue this discussion throughout this season, because I believe that people are primed 
for that human nature discussion, for that human element. They want more of that. They want to hear stories. You want to hear stories. You are like craving bringing more of yourself to the equation, but you want permission and you need to believe. And actually what I'm going to talk about in the next episode on this podcast, so stay tuned, is belief and the resistance that we all face. I've been doing a lot of studying on this, reading a lot of Stephen Pressfield, this concept of resistance as this force that we need to overcome because it is what is standing in our way of doing our best work, of reaching that next level. And oh, by the way, once you beat it, it just comes back again. It sounds a lot like the imposter syndrome. It sounds a lot like a lot of things. And I'm not going to belabor the point here because there's a whole nother episode coming very soon about it. But I, I want you to think about what is possible when you bring yourself as the secret ingredient. What can you make happen if you were only willing to take the best elements of the humanity of what we do as salespeople and the science and the industrialized nature of what we need to do as salespeople. And what if you put them together in your own special combination in a way, in a, in a recipe that only you can cook up? What would be possible then? That's a powerful thought. I want you to think about that. I'm going to be back very, very soon to talk a little bit more about this. Thank you for choosing this show the last 13 minutes or so um, that you've spent with me i greatly appreciate you got a lot of choices out there um, and if you think that this is something that someone else should be hearing too please share it with them that's how this show grows so thank you can't wait to dig further into these concepts as we move forward and i'll talk to you again really soon rethink the way you sell is a pot about it production it's mixed and edited by doug branson with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.